to have this perspective shift allows you to not take the rejection of sex so personally. Instead, you look at it like, okay, I don't know all the answers here and I have to know them. So when am I going to schedule this conversation with my partner so that I can get clear around why this consistent rejection is happening in our relationship and how can we get back on track with our sex life? You make the rejection not just about you, it's about something's wrong with us as a team sexually and we have to figure it out together. Welcome to What I Love About Sex, where some incredible guests and I, Steph Kanowski, will be bringing you the tools for improving your sex life with topics such as sex issues with your partner, sexual self-confidence, premature ejaculation, sexual shame, masturbation, sharing your fetishes, orgasmic pleasure, and more. Sex is still so taboo, and I personally believe that by improving our understanding and communication skills around sex, we can enhance our own self-pleasure as well as deepening our long-term romantic relationships. So listen in, try to stay open-minded, and let's get started. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the What I Love About Sex podcast. Today we're talking about mismatched libidos, which I think is a very worthwhile topic um, because I've been bringing up rejection and initiation and turn-ons lately on my Instagram. And this all has to do, or all lack of awareness around these things, have a lot to do with mismatched libido. Um, First of all, what I want to say is that mismatched Having a mismatched libido is not weird. It doesn't mean that your sex life is suffering necessarily. It's not necessarily a bad thing. And a lot of people freak out um, because A, if you're talking about heterosexual relationships here, if you're the woman who is hornier more of the time and wants to have more sex, she feels like, okay, what's wrong with me? Isn't the guy supposed to have a higher libido than me? Um, what's going on here? Am I not desirable? And she thinks that something's immediately wrong with her because of the stigma. And then if you're on the male side, uh, most men, because of the same stigma, feel like they're not masculine enough or they should be wanting it more or, you know, what's wrong with me? Something's definitely wrong with me. I don't want sex every single day or, you know, however many times a week. So we tend to based on what society has taught us about sex and desire for sex, it it just has confused us to the point where we feel like something's wrong with us if we're not the man wanting it more or if we're just at least not wanting it both equally. So if you feel off between you and your partner and your libidos are just different, Don't panic, don't freak out, don't judge yourself, don't judge your partner or the relationship. Know that it's normal and there's always going to be someone who wants sex more of the time and someone who wants sex less of the time. It doesn't matter if you're man or woman, it's going to be one of you and it's okay whoever it is, all right? So with that being said, I do want to say that there are things you can do to help heighten each of your libidos so that you do want sex more and therefore have it more comfortably, frequently, and have more fun with it, lean into it more. Um, Because of course, you know, you don't just want to just say, okay, well, you know, I want sex a lot more than her. I guess I should just live with that. No, this is about you 
understanding that, all right, it's okay that one of us wants it more, um, but by understanding each other on another level, I can help enhance my partner's libido so that she wants it more frequently or enhance my own libido so that I want it more frequently and so that we have a stronger, more frequent sex life. So these are the major reasons I'm going to dig in today. Um, these major reasons for mismatched libido, which will help you understand the things you can focus on to enhance your libido and your partner's libido, all right? Which just, just means like heighten so that you're both more turned on and interested in the act of sex. All right, so before going into that, if you are a man listening to this and you're struggling with premature ejaculation, I want you to know that my course, the PE course, is out now and ready to help you. So the description is in the link of the show notes, and you don't have to suffer with this. Guys, there's so many of you who deal with PE. One out of every three men deals with premature ejaculation. So it is not something to be ashamed of. It's just something to be aware of and to start working on, on a psychological level and a physical level. I have a lot of guys who come to me and say, well, Steph, I tried the Kegels. I tried the breathing. I tried this and that. But for most men, their PE is psychologically induced, anxiety induced, which means it's Treatment has to come in a psychological form of thinking differently and perceiving the act of sex differently and noticing their habits around sex, their thoughts around sex, how they talk about sex, what they think before they have sex. Like all of these things aren't in like they don't go along with a physical exercise, right? But our brain is very much attached to our sexual experience. So if you're not understanding mentally what's going on in your own head in relation to sex, you can't pair it with physical exercises to actually lead to treatment. So just doing the physical exercises is not going to bring you relief for your PE. You have to also understand what is going on in your head and how you can change that. And this is what I teach you in my course. So check out the link in the description of this show in the show notes, and I will see you in the course. All right, let's go over this. Five major reasons for a mismatched libido. First one, the way you are initiating sex is not in your partner's favor. So I'm sure a lot of you guys heard of the book, The Five Love Languages, right? And if you haven't, it's basically this idea that we want to be loved in different ways. And those main five ways are physical touch, words of affirmation, quality time, um, gift giving, and acts of service. So when this book came out, it was this huge realization for everyone because they're like, oh my God, I like to be touched and that's what makes me feel good and feel even, you know, turned on or loved by my partner, but my partner doesn't feel that loved when he's touched. Because when I asked him which of the five made him feel most loved, he said when I compliment him, which is words of affirmation. So it was, it was helpful for people to um, understand their partner from a different perspective other than their own, where it's like, okay, what I like isn't necessarily what my partner likes. And I have to respect that and try my best to understand it, even though it's, it's hard because I don't, I don't understand it from my own, you know, I, my own body wouldn't want what my, partner, my partner's body wants. So this is the same thing, guys. 
initiation, when it comes to initiating sex, there are ways to initiate sex that you may like from your female partner that turns you on. Like you like when she just comes up and grabs your dick randomly out of nowhere. Like maybe that's something that turns you on and gets you ready for sex in a matter of minutes. When if you went up to her and grabbed her boobs, it would be a turn off for her. So you're thinking that's something that's sexy because it is for you, but it is the opposite of sexy for her. And it actually puts her in the opposite direction of getting turned on. But you don't know that if you don't talk to her. And also if she is never saying anything to you like, hey, I really don't like when you initiate that way. Do you think you can initiate this way instead? So many of us are not having this conversation because you know, we just feel awkward if you like, for instance, if you go over and grab her boobs and she's like, babe, stop. Then you're just like, oh, I got rejected again. Instead of being like, hmm, maybe she fucking hates this. <laughs> Let me talk to her about whether this like, whether she ever likes this, whether she actually wants me to ever initiate this way or if she, I should be initiating a different way. All right. So that's like a very obvious example of something that most women find annoying and a lot of men do. And then men complain about getting rejected. And I'm not saying it's like your fault because she should be also telling you, hey, I really hate when you try to initiate sex that way. It's not a turn on. In fact, it's a turn off and it's not helpful for our sex life. And that's why I reject you when you do that. You know, like we have to have these types of conversations where we could be open and, and, and also like open to give this information and also be the partner that's open to receiving this information, which may potentially be hurtful, right? So you have to understand that, okay, when you're learning about your partner, there's gonna be times when your partner's like, I really didn't like how you did that. Like that was a turnoff. And you have to not get, react in an offended way right? Don't get defensive. Don't be like, oh, well, maybe like you should do this then. No, just listen to your partner. They're giving you very important information, right? Just as when you share with your partner, like, I really don't like when you just grab my dick out of nowhere. That's, that doesn't help get me in the mood. It actually just, you know, it turns me off or whatever. Maybe it's just, it does nothing. Um, and you're honest in sharing that, then you definitely want a partner also who doesn't get defensive and isn't like, okay, well, I'm never going to initiate then. You know, you want a partner who's like, oh shit, really? Oh, I didn't realize that. I thought you liked it because we always laugh when, when I do that. And you're like, yeah, well, I laugh because it's kind of like, I don't know, it's kind of awkward and I just laugh it off, you know, so I don't hurt your feelings. And she's like, oh my God, wow, I didn't know that's why you were laughing. Okay. How do you think I should initiate with you instead of just grabbing your dick? Like, is there a way that you like me to? What would be sexy for you? That's a healthy conversation because yeah, there might be some hurt feelings in the moment because it's like, oh man, like hurt feelings as in you're kind of embarrassed, right? You're kind of like, oh shit, like I've been doing this the whole, I've been squeezing her tits the whole time and it's a turn off, like fuck, or like fuck me. You know, so you might have that type of, thinking where it's embarrassing, but we don't want your embarrassment to be a to come out in defensive communication that puts in a stop to you guys understanding what would be a good initiation. All right. So if you're leading with the same, let's say like you're initiating the sex the same way over and over and you're always getting rejected, look at the way you're initiating. That might be the sole problem. Okay. And 
you you have to assume that it is. I, I know I, I say not to assume and let's not assume. Let's actually talk to your partner. <laughs> assume that there's potential and then go directly to your partner and actually talk about, hey, is this, do you think this is the reason why you you don't feel in the mood? Because I'm, I'm not doing a good job of initiating in a way that, that you prefer that actually helps you get turned on because I want to help you get turned on, you know? When we talk like this, we're acting like we're on the same team with our partner. It's kind of like, I want you to feel good. I want us to have a good sex life. You know, we used to, and um, and I'm willing to put in the work to bring that back. I just need to get some answers from you so that I have clarity on what to do because I'm not a mind reader. Neither is she. You, you're both not mind readers. So to ask your partner, even if you don't have this issue or you, you don't think this is an issue for you, I would still ask your partner how they like for you to initiate best. In fact, Andrew and I have a relationship check-in tomorrow, and this is one of the things I'm going to ask him. I'm going to say, hey, I never asked you your favorite way that I initiate sex with you. And I want to know, like, your top three favorites. Because that makes me feel more confident initiating, and it helps him to be truthful with me around what he finds most sexy about when I bring up sex, you know, to for us to have it like that's like that's great for both of us so why not have that conversation even if it's not necessarily a problem or stopping you from having sex still have this conversation and if you're not having a lot of sex then this is definitely a conversation you want to have all right just ask your partner hey what is your favorite way that I initiate um and then tell her don't forget to tell her your favorite way all right is it Is it when you guys have some quality time together? You know, maybe it's more on an emotional level where it's not so physical, but it's more connecting, having a date night and then initiating right after date night because you've had a deep conversation, you've had time away from the kids, and that's the best time where you are most in the mood, right? You might be that kind of guy and that's okay. That's great. Um, you might be the kind of guy that, that needs to, that needs a lot of physical compliments, And that's something that makes you feel really sexy and that turns you on to be coming from your woman. So when she's physically complimenting you a lot and giving you a lot of physical attention and maybe even touching you a little bit with those compliments, that's your favorite initiation. So you should tell her that. So figure out what yours is, be ready to share with her and then ask her and show her like, hey, it's okay. Like take your time to think about it if you need some time, but I just... You know, I wanted to tell you mine, and I think it's important we know this about each other. So the next reason, number two, major reasons why there's mismatched mismatched libido is you don't have an awareness of each other's turn-ons or turn-offs. So this is kind of similar to the one, you know, having the idea of what your partner's favorite initiation is. But instead, it's, this isn't just about initiating sex. This is about keeping, um, how do I put this? Like keeping the flame alive on a daily basis so that when it comes time for initiation, it's very easy to go there. Um, It's very natural to go there. And what happens with a lot of couples is they just don't have any um, continuation of the flame burning, right? It's just like, it's blown out. Like the, the candle's blown out. There's not even like a little flame. So if it's burnt out, then you have to relight. That takes a lot more energy. It's harder, you know, to do that. 
um, versus just make the fire bigger. I'm terrible at analogies. I should just stop. <laughs> I'm stopping right now. Um, but you know what I mean? You want to keep a flame going. You want to keep a simmer all the time on a daily basis. And that's how you don't lose the spark of your romantic, your, your romantic, uh, actions toward each other because you have to you have to um, make sure that you stay in a romantic relationship with your partner and you're not just always in the friend zone to the point where you're such good friends but then sex becomes this awkward thing because you hang out as friends and there's never any romantic um, or desire building activity within your day-to-day actions you know what I mean so it's important to to keep a certain level of turn-ons going on a daily basis so that you can keep that flame lit and so that sex becomes a very easy thing once you initiate it because the, the flame is always going, it's always burning. And that what keeps it burning is you understanding your partner's turn-ons. And this could be in the same conversation you have with your partner where it's like, hey, um, another question for you, or what are, what are your major turn-ons when it comes to our relationship and what I do? What I do, what I say, how I act, what are the top things that turn you on? Like the top five, three to five things. You know, make it easy for them. Don't, don't be like, write me a list. You know, it might be difficult for some of your partnerships to come up with maybe even one thing, you know? So take what you can get. It's okay. Um, but shoot for three to five and get an idea of like, what is it that you do, the little things you do on a daily basis that turn your partner on? Um, I know something for me, an example that Andrew shares with me is when we're out and we're socializing and someone asks me about what I do and I go off. (laughs) I mean, I don't really go off. I'm just very passionate about what I do, right? So I start sharing and then a crowd forms around me. (laughs) He always says it's like moths to a light or like it's just people gravitate towards my bubble of conversation because it's so captivating for so many people. And he loves watching me in that light. So for him, that's like, that's a turn on. Like hearing me about, talk about my passion for work, which is something I just about do with him on a daily basis, is like this little hint of I'm attracted to her. Like I love this version of her. I'm so attracted when she does this thing. Um, So that's an example, right? It doesn't have to necessarily be sexual, but it's a turn on. It's something that turns your partner on, all right? Um, Something that... Something that Andrew does for me that's a turn on just on a daily basis is he's very aware of things that I need and making sure that things are taken care of. You know, so I'm trying to sell stuff in my apartment for the move and he's like, babe, don't worry about the photos and posting them and selling stuff. Like, I'll help, I'll do that because I know you have a shit ton on your plate. Plus you're trying to heal, you know, like, so he, he like takes over things. And of course I'm still helping him set up all the stuff to to get the pictures done and and all that. So it's not like he's he just does a bunch of shit for me, but he's he, you know, he literally just texted me and he was like, "Hey, I'm going to Whole Foods. Like, do you want anything? What can I bring you?" Um, so it's little things like that, just like always thinking of me. And that's something that is a turn on. Um, a bigger one for me though is physical. Like I like being touched throughout the day. So if he goes a few days of not touching me a lot, I start to get this feeling of being turned off because I'm craving it and I'm sort of like, okay, why isn't he touching me? (laughs) This is annoying. You know, if it's been a few days, I'm just like, are you okay? And I ask him, you know, 
what's going on because that is so important for me to feel loved by him and like for our for me to feel in a romantic relationship with him is that constant physical touch in little ways it doesn't have to be sexual but like in little ways throughout the day so that's another one for me it's probably even bigger than the first one physical touch is my biggest so you may be more of a touch person you may be more of a emotional connection person but you may be something else but to know your turn-ons and to be able to share them with your partner so that your partner is aware that's so powerful and it just gives you so much information and lets your partner be honest with you and now your partner knows that you know it's just so healthy you know we have to just put these out there for our partners so that we know like we could get treated the way we want to get treated and our partner knows that we're, they're doing the right thing um same with turn offs though so this is the scarier one to have a conversation with um, you probably, if you follow TikTok, you know that there's this trend right now going around. And it's like, these are my boyfriend's icks. I don't know if it's just boyfriends. I've seen only women do it, but maybe guys do it with their girlfriends. But what they're basically saying are like, these are the little things that my partner does that are really just gross me out or turn me off. And I'm just like, ugh, <laughs> so annoying. So we also have those with our partner. And every one of us has those. There's always those little things. Like I have yet to share my icks with Andrew and that's another question I have for tomorrow. Um, but I'm going to share with him. I want him to share with me. And even though it's, it might be embarrassing, you know, to hear his reaction of like him telling me his icks about me. Um, but it's something that's important to know. I know for sure that one of them is when I... Um, if I just go, to, if I go too many days working from home and not being on video a lot, I can be very much like in my jammies. For jammies, I never fucking call them that. I don't know why I just call them that. <laughs> my pajamas, like just a big baggy t-shirt, right? And I'll just like, I'll just work pretty late into the morning, and then, um, you know, I just I don't. The thing is, I don't look presentable and whenever I don't look presentable for too long I could tell that it's Andrew's ick I could just feel it it's like an elephant in the room <laughs> and he's even mentioned it to me before in different ways um so I know that's one but it's like okay yeah that that does put me in this place of like okay yeah it's kind of embarrassing where sometimes I just look like shit for too long and like my boyfriend's not going to desire me if I'm constantly like messy bun baggy t-shirt like working in the corner just like you know by myself all day it's not the sexiest thing it's not the most desirable thing so not that we have to turn our partner on constantly but this is an ick this is a turn off and just as we have turn offs which are normal and it's okay to have like I said we're not supposed to constantly be turning our partner on but it is important to have turn-ons and to at least know what the icks are so that we don't allow them to consume the turn-ons because when there's way too many icks or turn-offs and they're overriding the turn-ons then you got some problems then you have this very big um outweighed balance of wow I'm like hardly ever attracted to my partner and on the few times when I am attracted to them you know then they're initiating the wrong way and then it's like and then it's not that I'm not turned on but the initiation turned me off so see how like it's so important to see the the habits that lead to the sex itself 
And this isn't something you have to consciously think of every single time, but you have to get into habits of having conversations with your partner and listening to your partner so that it doesn't take much effort to stay on track with these, with that, the behaviors that lead up to sex. All right. All right. So know the turn ons and know your partner's turn offs, because if you don't, you will struggle with having mismatched libidos. Most likely. All right. Number three. Um, the fifth reason for common mismatched libido is response, responsive versus spontaneous. All right, so this is another thing that makes you and your partner different um, when it comes to sex. There's often a partner who is who has a responsive or a reactive desire, and there is a partner who has a more spontaneous desire. So that means that one of you can have sex at the drop of a hat. Like you're ready to go, you are mentally stimulated first, like you think about sex and you immediately get turned on. You're ready, right? And then there's another, there's there's usually the other partner is reactive or responsive. Um, and this, this looks like them needing physical arousal first in order to get mentally turned on. So, what that means is that, first of all, um, we've been taught that most men are spontaneous, and I believe this to be true. In the majority of heterosexual relationships, men are more so spontaneous and women are more so uh, reactive or responsive. However, in my relationship, I'm more spontaneous and my partner is more reactive or responsive. That means that I can... I think of sex as bringing us closer together, and if I'm feeling distant, I want to have sex to bring us closer. Whereas Andrew needs to connect with me again in order to feel like he wants to have sex with me or desire me. If he feels distant, he needs some form of connection before we have sex, otherwise he can't get turned on by me. Um, So that's how it is in our relationship, which is really interesting because I've never been with a man who... Um, who did have a reactive desire where I was spontaneous and he was reactive. So it's definitely gotten my head a bunch of times where I'm just like, oh my God, like, what am I doing wrong? You know, is something wrong? Why do I always want it so much? And of course, I've gone through a year, um, basically this whole year of um, wanting sex mentally, but being physically uncomfortable due to my breast implant illness. So I wasn't able to act on it. And when I did, I would feel pain. So there definitely wasn't my libido running the show this year as it normally does. But I still would think like, okay, but I I want sex. And even though I'm glad that we're not having it because it would put me in pain, I want him to still want it more than he is. You know, so it was this weird thing where I was getting in my head about like, he should be wanting it more than me and I know I'm wanting it more than him, even though it causes me fucking pain. <laughs> like, what's wrong? You know, so um, so going back to, I want to um, also add on to something I said earlier because I said that um, for Andrew, he needs to be like connected first. Um, and this doesn't necessarily mean that we're disconnected. It means that he just has to feel like, more of a physical connection like if we lay on the couch um if we and we're cuddling for a while if we're um sharing a lot of stories and we're very animated and into each other's conversations if i'm you know um 
if we're laying down together and I'm like rubbing against him, you know, that's something that will get him thinking, oh, like I want to have sex with her, you know? And for me, it's just like, I'll be at home, like finished a long day and I'm like, oh my God, I'm horny. And he comes in the door and I just want to have sex. Like, um, and that doesn't mean that I want it right then and there. I still need to be warmed up. Like I still need to be physically prepared, but my mind is already stimulated to the point where it's like, all right, let's go. Um, so it's just, we have our differences there. There's, so get an understanding if, if you are spontaneous or reactive and understand if your partner is spontaneous or reactive. And you might just, by having that simple awareness, be able to understand why um, there might be mismatched libido and what you could do to help that, right? For me, now I know, for instance, that Andrew has reactive, so I don't, I, I'm not as in my head as I once was about why isn't he wanting it more than me? He's the man. He is supposed to be more spontaneous than me. And now I'm just like, you know what? No, it's just, it could be the opposite. And it's okay that he is that way. It doesn't mean something's wrong with him. It doesn't mean something's wrong with me. It just means I need to connect with him more physically before he can entertain that idea naturally. Um, so that's, that's all it means. But now I'm aware of that so I can help that happen. All right, number four, the fourth major reason for uh, mismatched libido, how you handle rejection. So this is a big one um, because there are a lot of women, especially since I'm talking to you guys who are just very turned off by the way their men handle rejection. And I've heard so many women talk about, oh, well, he goes in the living room and he pouts. Or he like, he literally pouts for the rest of the day and it's so unattractive. I feel like I'm dating a teenage boy and I, it just kills my desire for him. Like any desire I have left is squashed. And that can really damage your, the, because what happens is like the moment sex ends, you begin the foreplay for the next encounter. So you want to think of it like you got to constantly be, be on when it comes to building that desire for your relationship. So if you initiate sex with your partner and it's not the right type of initiation, it's not simply not the right time, your partner's just not in the mood and not about it, all of those things are okay. And you have to be okay with those things. And if it's been consistent enough to the point where you're like, this is a problem, we are never having sex, and at least it's nowhere near the amount that I am happy with and would satisfy my needs, then that means you have a mature adult conversation. You don't go pout on the couch and show that, oh, I'm sad I didn't get my way. That is the last thing that is going to make her want you. And she will want you less and less the more you do that or things like that. Um, there's also a lot of men who, and I mentioned this on my Instagram today, a lot of men who initiate sex in a joking way because they know that they'll be able to handle the rejection easier because it's just a joke. So they could just blame it on being a joke. So an example would be a guy like, oh, well, you know, if we, if we had sex tonight, then I could, we could try that. And he says it like that. And he's all like, you know, animated and kind of goofy when he says it. He's like, well, if we had sex tonight, like we could try that. And she's like, no. And he's like, yeah, I know. I know. I was just kidding. Like, you weren't kidding. You want sex, but you're asking for it in a very immature way that is in a joking manner because you don't want to get hurt. You don't want the rejection to be as painful. So you're making it a joke. But most 
most of the time that joking initiation will not work. It is not sexy. It's not confident. You're going in with this insecure mindset and this woman feels an insecure man coming at her sexually. And that's never a turn on. Like that's never something that's like, okay, you know, like once in a blue moon. And if you guys are used to joking, there's a very small percent of couples, I imagine, that are into joking like that where they can have sex um, starting off a joke. Like, that's okay. Nothing's wrong with that either. I'm just saying that's not the majority of couples. Like, the majority of women will not be turned on by you initiating sex in a joking way to protect yourself to not get as hurt, you know? So understand how to handle rejection. And what that means is like, yeah, it's not easy. Rejection sucks. It feels shitty. Um, More men are rejected than women, especially romantically, you know? So um, I would say mostly romantically. Women are rejected more in other areas of life, but we won't get into that. It's for another podcast. So when you are being rejected and it's constant, you have to get an understanding of, okay, why is this happening? Um, When am I going to talk to her about it? How am I going to be in a calm headspace enough to be able to receive information that might hurt my feelings, but will give me the truth and the answers that I need? Such as, am I initiating the wrong way? Do I not know her turn-ons or turn-offs? Is she a responsive or reactive desire? And I'm not allowing that to, to, um, I'm not considering that in the way that I approach her for sex. Like, these are things, the things that I covered on this podcast can really help you to handle rejection from a stronger frame of mind. Because these things are showing it's not about you. It's not that you have to know all the answers. In fact, you don't and you shouldn't. There's no way you can. But you have to have conversations to get these answers from your partner. Okay? So that's what all these things are showing us is that, you know, we have, you may have one type of initiation you like. She has another because she's a different type of person. She's a different person. You know, you may be responsive. She might be spontaneous. You might have certain turn-ons. Hers are, t- hers are different. Your turn-ons may not be her turn-ons, and that's okay. Your turn-offs may not be her turn-offs, and they probably won't be. So to have this perspective shift allows you to not take the rejection of sex so personally. Instead, you look at it like, okay, I don't know all the answers here, and I have to know them. So when am I going to schedule this conversation with my partner so that I can get clear around why this consistent rejection is happening in our relationship? And how can we get back on track with our sex life? See that? You make the rejection not just about you. It's about something's wrong with us as a team sexually and we have to figure it out together. And by us figuring it out together means I'm going to take the first step by initiating a conversation around us getting this information from each other. Number five, um, the last one, the fifth major reason for mismatched libido is the sex itself isn't great. And this is a hard pill to swallow, but there's a lot of you who are stimulating your partner sexually in a way that she does not enjoy. And that's why she's not craving it. And it makes sense. Why would you crave something that you don't really enjoy or that's not worth it? You wouldn't. And there are way too many of you guys out there who are like, all right, I know I got to perform. I got to do everything. But you don't ask her what she wants. And I find this so interesting because it's like, if you are performing and coming from that performance mindset, wouldn't you want to be doing what you know 100% she wants you to do? 
isn't that going to be the best performance? <laughs> like, But no, like there's so many guys that are like, I have to perform. And no, I'm not going to listen to her. I have to do what I know I should be able to do. And like, it, you make it like, oh, it's all about her orgasm. But it's really not. It's about you thinking you have this idea of how to perform. And you try not to involve her. And that's not possible. And let's also get rid of their performance. Because we also don't need that. I'm just saying how it doesn't make sense. But... When you look at your sex life as, once again, this is something we do together to give each other pleasure. And I have to know what pleasures her in order to pleasure her. I can't help pleasure her if I don't know what the fuck turns her on sexually. If she doesn't like how, being, how, how she wants to be touched. And you may think you know because you're like, oh, I've been with my partner forever. But your partner's body changes. Her likes change. Her turn-ons change. Her turn-offs change. She may have been turned off by giving you a blowjob or anal like years ago, but now she'd be interested. And if you don't approach that conversation again and have it, because most likely she won't bring it up, if you don't bring that up again to see if her views have changed, you, you will never get a blowjob. Or you might if you do it, right? Like I've seen partnerships where like the partners were were turned off by something and then years down the road, they're like, you know what? I, okay, I'd be open to try it. And then they try it and they're, they, they love it or they at least like it and they're willing to give their partner that thing because they're like, hey, like I could do this now. Yeah, it's fine. It's not that big of a deal. I used to think it was. You know, there, I know there are things for me that I used to think I would never do and now I'm down to do. You know, there are things that I'd be willing to do for my partner if he wanted to, but he doesn't. And it's like, there's always those things where it's like, all right, like the door's always open open if you want to try this or this or this. Um, but if you don't, that's fine too. You know, so our preferences change, our willingness changes, um, our turn-ons and turn-offs change. So if you're not having updated conversations about what sexually stimulates you and how you like to be pleasured with your partner who is pleasuring you, I don't know how I started that sentence, but it's important. <laughs> you have to know how you enjoy being pleasured, and then you have to know how to communicate that with your partner. And not blame your partner for not doing a good job if you are not communicating what needs to be done. All right? And this goes for men and women. Like, you have to share with her what it is, how it is you like to be touched, or how you like to be sucked, or what you want done to you or if you have a fetish in mind and you want to bring it into the bedroom like asking questions about it bringing curiosity into the relationship about it you know having that freedom to do that this is your partner this is your teammate this is your friend hopefully your best friend that you could tell anything to and you trust with your life like if that's your long-term partner which i hope it is for the majority of you listening then you shouldn't have a problem talking about sex and to talk about sex means you have more sex. And it also means you have better sex because your partner actually craves it. When you talk about it and you share the truth about your desires and your needs and your pleasures and how you want to be touched and how your partner does something that you're not crazy about and you would prefer it was done a different way and you actually aren't afraid to share that, then you get the real answers and then you get real pleasure and then you both crave it. Because it's real and it's what you actually want, you know? So we both have to feel comfortable having conversations about being honest with the things that are turning us off 
and the things that turn us on and the way we want to be touched and talked to and licked and sucked and spanked, et cetera, et cetera. Because if we don't share that, we don't create this open space of vulnerability to share with one another and trust each other and have a sexually explorative relationship with one another that's fun and exciting and you can address at any time. Like you could talk about it at any time because it's your sex life. You know, it's like, it's part of you guys. So have these conversations so these conversations are normal and so that your pleasure is not something that's embarrassing to talk about or shameful to talk about because it never should be. You know, you should be talking about how you like to be pleasured and what you love most about what your partner does to you. And if there's something your partner does that you hate or can't stand, make sure you communicate it because that's not helping your relationship and it's not helping your sex life. All right, so talk to each other. Make sure your sex is great sex so that you both want it. Because I guarantee you there's plenty of you listening to this that your, your partner is just like not feeling pleasured and she's not satisfied. And just because she's orgasming does not mean she's satisfied. It does not mean the sex is great. All right? I don't care if she orgasms 10 times. She may, have, she may be having a miserable time and not feeling connected to you at all. And she's basically just getting off and zoning out in her head and she's not connecting it with you and therefore the sex is not great with you. All right? Don't get that misconstrued. Multiple orgasms does not mean you're great. And I don't want to do that to hurt your feelings or say that to hurt your feelings, but it's true. All right? And then there may be a woman who you're with who hardly orgasms or has one orgasm and it's the best sex she ever had and has. Because it's not something that happens all the time for her, but she's actually involved in the pleasure. She's connecting you to her body. She's saving all of that anticipated desire to have that one explosive orgasm that she craves. And it feels fucking amazing. And she looks at you like you're a sex god because you know exactly what to do for her body. And she looks forward to that every single time. So you can't base it off orgasm is what I'm saying. Very important. Very, very, very important. All right. So those are five major reasons for mismatched libido. I made them up myself. So um, I'm sure there are other reasons that I didn't speak on today. These just came to mind right away. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to record right now because I'm feeling fired up. And um, yeah, I hope that was helpful. Don't forget to check out my sex meditations if you haven't yet. They are also in the description of this show. And these sex meditations will help you get familiar with your own arousal so that you understand, all right, what are my turn-ons? What am I lacking confidence in when it comes to my sex life? How can I improve my relationship with my dick? How can I have better sex? How can I be more present with my partner during sex? And listening to these meditations on a regular basis will help you reprogram your mind so that you actually start coming from this place of self-awareness when it comes to having sex. Like you're actually present, you're there and you know what needs to be done to be a confident partner for your sex life. All right, guys, that is it for today. Have an amazing morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world, and I'll talk to you soon. I hope this episode helped you. If it did, I would love for you to leave me an iTunes review. It would mean the world to me. You can also screenshot your favorite episodes and tag me on Instagram at Steph Ganowski. And before I go, remember, your sex life is as good as you make it out to be. Until next time.